What up, yeah. motherfuckers? Welcome to Stud City, the podcast for Lee. Everyone. I'm joined by my co-host, Cody Peterson. You might know this motherfucker. He's the prettiest. He's the bestest. He's the motherfucking sex pot himself. Ratatatata. Okay, the first thing I want to get into before we do anything, because you've been trying to tell me this story for like fucking way too goddamn long. Like way too goddamn long. I want to know about your fucking stupid ass cousin. What's his name? Bryson or some shit? We'll call him Brad, but Brad, all right. Let's get right into it. How come we didn't have an episode last weekend? Cody's grandma died and he had to go to her funeral. Where? Where? I met like a bunch of my little cousins and I haven't met them before. So it's like my first cousin's kids. They have a whole slew of them. Yeah. And one of them is like nine or 10 now. And my grandma, when he was born, my grandma was like, yo, this kid's smart as fuck. Like he's doing, <laughs> he's doing like 13 year old level puzzles. Yeah. You know, this kid's smart. And so um, I've been dying to meet this kid forever. And then I saw him at um, the service and I said, hey, Brad, like, what's up? Uh, you look great. Blah, blah, blah. Love your haircut. Love your outfit. You're stunting today. And he goes, huh. Eh. And I walked away and it's like, oh, man. And then later I saw him at um, at our little lunch we had. And I'm like, yo, hey, dude, like, nice to meet you. And he's like, eh. And then walked away and it's like, dude, I work for Mickey Mouse. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you should be sucking up to me. But how I, old is how, how old is this little like bitch? Nine or ten years old, which now that I'm talking about it, yeah. I'm like, oh, I was like such a moody fucking kid then. And everybody hated me then. And so Oh, really? Oh, yeah. My mom will be like, Yeah, Cody was a piece of shit when he was like nine. Um, but I was just like, damn, this kid just like was ice cold to me. And like other people noticed it. They're like, damn, he was ice, ice, ice. Damn. Yeah, it was rough. Dude, that's fucked up. That always sucks when your cousin betrays you. My cousin recently betrayed me, too. I'm not going to get into why, but we no longer speak. It was like Kanye where he stole the laptop and made him pay 50000 yeah. to get it back. Yeah, exactly. Now he was fucking bitches on. <laughs> My laptop has fucking bitches on. Did you see the Kanye texts no. of his sound engineers that work for him? So some on texts Donda? got... Yeah. Okay. So some texts got leaked of uh, Kanye like texting his engineer. And one of them like makes... Till he get out of here. One of them, that was my cat. One of them makes sense as to like what he said, but I guess this guy woke up like three hours late for his basically shift working on Donda. And Kanye, it's like, you know, your normal boss is like, don't even bother coming in today, like rethink what you're doing and coming right. tomorrow or whatever. Kanye told him to go find God and come back when he's found him. Sick. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. a great. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was another there's another text, and I guess it was like a group chat, and one of the guys was like, I've been I've my eyes have been open for 33 hours straight. Damn. I, yeah. I was about to ask, it sounded like horrible non-union working conditions. Yeah, well, that's part of the problem with music engineers and shit like that. They are non-union, so they get like fucking work to the brim. I don't know. It 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 is like an interesting conversation about like <laughs> Whether when you're trying to do something big like a Kanye West album, whether you have to exploit people in the process, you know, 
Yeah, that's the tough thing about art. But well, you know, thing is though, is like film is union. They have rules, right? Always. It's it's if you're working on a hundred million dollar movie, it's a union. Like Kanye, like like the I'm saying the oh yeah parallel yeah yeah because it's like Kanye is what universal. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. So they're they're union they they have rules and regulations even with like children working and shit like that and mm-hmm. they seem to be able to make you know a quentin tarantino movie is union yep i worked I'm on gonna, a universal films film and it was union yeah once upon a time in hollywood is better than donda 100 <laughs> percent, dude there's yeah. a lot of things that are better in donda and this episode we're going to be listing them yeah dude donda 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 was pretty it was not my thing. It was no. not my thing. It was really masturbatory. Also, I thought he was going to get more into like his mom and like his feelings behind it. And it was just like God stuff again. Yeah. God stuff. And then very subtle divorce dad vibes. Um, yeah. And it would be weird because yeah. you'd be listening to it. And then there would be like a sweet like bar. And then you're like, oh, shake your ass a bit. And then it just like dies. It dies like on the fucking stage and it's just like oh okay this isn't enjoyable i don't know who's still listening to donda after a week like a week or two yeah no there is definitely it's not like um like i still go back to uh life of pablo Hell all yeah, the time yeah. Great i still go, I, i'm listening to it right now it's fucking dude f- the fucking beat drop on father stretcher arms or hands or whatever the fuck it's called yo that shit fucking father bang. stretch your foreskin father stretch your foreskin and let me cut it off (laughs) that's the world i want to live in (laughs) if god had any balls he would write his next album just call it foreskin and it would just all be about foreskin (laughs) he'd be be like he'd be like wake up in the morning i'm mourning the death of my foreskin (laughs) (laughs) they cut it off without asking me (laughs) <laughs> now I'm feeling the blasphemy. Where is my brother? The tip of my penis. My sister said she doesn't listen to our podcast because we just keep talking about foreskins. Yeah, well, your sister's not the audience, all right? <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> the only other two people <laughs> I know that listen to the show. It's so funny, man. I always think about how on the show, I'm just like, hey, if you're a friend of mine, just reach out and say you're listening to it. And I, it's just fucking nothing. It's just screaming into the wind. One day I'll get my career ruined by this show. But moving on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You've never said anything on this show that would ruin your career. And I don't have to. Except when I, you said I, George I Bush doesn't. Show. Yeah, except, except when you said George Bush doesn't care about black people. I stand by that. I hundred yeah. percent stand by George Bush does not care about black people. Should, should we should we break the third wall? Uh, go kayfabe a little bit and let people know that I am currently on my break from work. And yeah, yeah I just told them I had a doctor's appointment and that I was going to be late coming back from my break. Oh, sweet! <laughs> <laughs> Bo is calling from a custodial closet. Yeah, hold up, man. I got to do one thing. All right. Um, I think we got a good show today. Uh, we got some exciting stuff to talk about. 
firstly, I want to get into this Netflix documentary that we both watched, and it blew our fucking minds. Untold penalties and what? No, crime and penalties. Yeah, that was a good one. It is. I run, don't walk to go see this documentary. My friend Damien was in my DMs like every day for a week. Like, dude, you got to watch this. You got to watch this. And it is so good. Yeah, it's an incredible documentary because honestly, it was totally because I looked when you told me like, hey, you got to watch this. We can talk about it on the podcast. When I looked it up, I was expecting that it was going to be about like a complete shit show which it kind of was mm-hmm. but it turned out that this 17 year old kid was pretty good pretty good at making it a, a hockey team yeah. <laughs> which was the most which was the funniest part about it to me was that they were like first in their fucking division and shit like that yeah so what what happens in this talk is it's basically the real life tony soprano like even has a this guy has a frame picture that says from of james gandolfini it says to the real tony soprano basically this guy he has like a waste management fucking mob ties in like connecticut and whatever and he's like hella rich hella connected mob dude has this like son who's like gets really into hockey and really into like pro wrestling and so he just buys his son a hockey team he's like you own it now and it's like a uhl league which i've never really heard of um it's like minor league affiliate i guess but it's just like a giant fucking money money laundering scheme clearly but the kid takes it so seriously and he's just like a kevin federline fucking douchebag i love love the way he dresses it's incredible and yeah yeah a statement of the times was just like i think it was 2004 because 2004 2005 because they like lined it up with the nhl lockout and they were able to get like an nhl player and shit um but such a fucking good documentary i really recommend it so dope yeah it's a really interesting it really it kind of demystifies the idea of being a general manager a little bit which i really enjoyed about it like i didn't get the impression that (laughs) it was that hard i mean the kid was in school full-time and being a gm of this hockey team i mean i shouldn't say it's not that hard and also you find out at the end that they were like (laughs) paying players under the table oh yeah for sure (laughs) maybe that makes it a little bit easier when you could be like i'll double your salary in untaxable funds yeah and what's incredible and looping it back to the wrestling thing is that this guy was like my dad and i always cheer for the villains in movies and i love the heel and stuff so they basically made their entire team to be the heel of this league. Like they just started fucking crazy ass fights, like seven fights a game. And they're called the trashers and their logo is a fucking trash can with a hockey stick. Like yeah. how <laughs> sick is that? That was so dope. It was <laughs> Yeah. They named themselves the trashers, dude. I think it's so funny that like these gangster guys, they always, they make like millions of dollars within the front of like being working class. Yeah. And I think that's like so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Like that's how I want to do it. I want to have like my own, I want to have like my own plumbing business and sorry, my cat's freaking Whoa, out. Whoa. I like that. Yeah. want to have like my own plumbing business, but on the down low, I'm just selling crack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like, 
you need like groups of dudes to intimidate your other plumber guys. You know what I mean? Your competition, mm-hmm. run them out of fucking town. That's how. Uh, that's a mob <laughs> mentality, sorta. Hell yeah, dude! I'm all about that mob mentality. Mm-hmm. When you look at me, don't you think like Italian gangster? <laughs> yeah, a bit. Really? <laughs> I yeah, and mob mentality. You know, like if a bunch of people in a crowd are like, "We're doing this," Bo's like, "Hell yeah, I'm all over that. I don't give a shit. <laughs> let's burn that witch." Yeah, let's. <laughs> Dude. Hey, what the fuck are you doing over there? Eh? Mm-hmm. Uh, I might look Irish, but I'll slap you like a fucking Italian, you fucking piece of fucking gabagool piece of shit. Eh? Go see Untold Crime and Penalties or go fuck your mother. Go fuck your mother. Eh? <laughs> huh? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that movie's so dope. Um, I also love that the mascot of the Trasher Slice spoiler. The tr- the mascot of the Trashers was like a bodyguard or like some heavy guy, and he ended up like wearing a wire or something. Or they got him bugged, and that's how like the whole operation fell apart. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah, the dude. fucking mascot. Yeah, shit's so fucking funny. My favorite character was the bald guy who was like the equipment manager. And oh they were, my like, god! They were, like, yeah, like they're the opposing teams like goalie pads would go missing he would supply them with towels that were like paper thin <laughs> yeah and he was like the 17 year old's like middle school coach and he's like i just remember this guy running over kids not giving a shit like on this on the ice just like body slamming them and then yeah. they cut to an interview of him he's like yeah i did that cocaine's a hell of a drug <laughs> he was like did i body slam those kids yeah i did Cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> Fucking so funny, dude. That was so dope. And he yeah, had man. so much respect for Jimmy, which is the, uh, the Jimmy. Everybody card. did. Yeah. Everybody Jimmy's was like, Jimmy's like a good the guy. owner. Yeah. When Wing, Wing, when Wing, Wingfield saw Jimmy again for the first time since he played for the Thrashers, he fucking cried. Fucking cried. Straight up. Big, giant, tough dude. I yeah. love that. Oh my God, dude. The shot of Wingfield when they're like, hey, we got to get this guy. And it's a picture of him in an orange jumpsuit going to jail. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. this is the hockey player we need to build a team around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they were right. They were right. I guess like maybe in the UHL, you could just like build a really, especially at that time, right? It was the early 2000s. It was like yeah. at the height of New Jersey's uh, kind of reign as like the, what what is it called? The trap. And um, oh, clutch and whatever. Yeah, yeah, whatever it was, like super defensive big guys, just like yeah. fucking muscling people and shit like that. Yeah. And now you can be like a five foot six, like feeble Norwegian man, and you can like fucking be the best player in the NHL if you want. Totally. Niels Hoglider would not have survived playing against the Trashers. No. Um, <laughs> and also, uh, I love their first um, press conference that they do. Where they're like, okay, and we're signing a new player, and he's gonna be our captain, Gretzky, Brent Gretzky. Yeah, I was like, yeah, and everybody was like, yeah, dude, genius fucking marketing. So good, so good. It's fucking so smart, man. Fucking so smart, dude. Brent Gretzky. Yeah, fuck Brent Gretzky. Did he ever play in the NHL? Yeah, he played for Tampa for like maybe like four games. Uh, really yeah honestly well i mean that was what was so remarkable about wayne i suppose is that like 
he didn't really have any genetic gifts for hockey. Like he just had insane, insane, insane vision. Yeah. Did you, did you ever have your dad try to like put that brain chemistry that Wayne Gretzky had into you? Cause he would, my dad would do that to me. He's like, dude, you gotta like, not only see what the play is going to be and where the pucks are going to be, but you got to think like 11 steps ahead, Cody. I'm like, how? I don't, I don't know how I can do that. <laughs> no, my dad never took any interest in when I played hockey. He was a football, soccer guy. Mm. Um, football. But uh, definitely like the vision thing. Yeah. Coaches talk about it and everything like that. And it's like, Dude, I'm not fucking clairvoyant, bro. It takes so long to understand. Like, you're when you're playing sports like that, you're just trying to be where the ball is, and it is kind of hard to anticipate where it's going to be next. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, technically, you don't know. Yes. Yeah. You got to deduce. You don't have the life experience. <laughs> no, no, no. Gretzky was a good player, I guess. I guess. Yeah. Because he's all right. He's no LaRock. Yeah. He was no Bobby Orr. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Um, so how was everything, man? How was going and doing your thing? You know, it actually timed out well not to do an episode last week because it was a holiday. So people yeah. were doing their own thing. Mm -hmm. We were doing our own thing. And everything went well in Victoria? Oh, yeah. It was... Uh... It was all right. Easy peasy um, lemon squeezy. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Um, speaking of uh mobs, I got a story. Uh I went to I realized I've never been oh actually, you know what? Maybe I have. Maybe I have been to film premieres before. <laughs> Whoa. But I went to uh Dude, I'm gonna get you to hold that thought. I gotta put my cat in a different room. She's like literally back on. I'm gonna Dude, fuck my cat. She has no, like, she has no, she doesn't understand that I'm recording a fucking podcast. She's here. She's like biting at the wire. She's jumping up. She's throwing stuff up. Anyways, I put her in my room and she can go chill there for a bit. She's being so fucking annoying, dude. Asshole. Dude, you know what we should do? Mm. Cook her. All right. <laughs> What is that on um, Saving Silverman? You ate her? Great job. <laughs> I haven't seen say it's just Saving Silverman in so fucking long. Oh, dude, it holds up. It's a does, sick movie. Does it really? What was the, who were they upset? Neil Diamond? Yeah, they're obsessed with Neil Diamond and it's like three best friends and um, one of them's about to marry an awful girl and they're like, you gotta get back with the girl of your dreams or you blew it with. <laughs> and so they're saving silver shot in vancouver canada was it really mm -hmm. if, dude i loved movies of that era because they shot a bunch of comedies up here like um it's a guy thing it's just kind of a weird rom-com but mm -hmm. like they would have new segments and it'd be like tony parsons speaking <laughs> or shit like that and be like what <laughs> parsons who the fuck is tony parsons Dude, Tony Parsons is fucking legit. Hold up. Let me uh let me pull up a okay. As soon as you see this guy and hear 
That guy. Dedicated follower of fashion, apparently. Absolutely. Uh, always in the best. <laughs> the best dressed guy. Now, you have, uh, it's about 50. I want to show you a little story. No. But we did talk to. Oh, uh, whatever. But I thought. Yeah, who know, gives a fuck about this? I have so no I clue who that is, man. And I don't. I don't know. You never watch the news. You never. Not in 2009. That was his last day, was 2009. That means he did the news like. Every day up until then. Dude, I was busy doing like drugs and having sex with women at that point. I actually you were. Um yeah. but looping back, I went to a film premiere. Yeah, dude, I wanted to talk to you about this. So you went to a biker film premiere. What yeah. does that what does that even mean? Explain that to me. So uh a kid I went to film school with, um, Pan some Greek last name. Yeah, new it's just I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, very nice fellow. Uh, he made a documentary called uh, Florian King or Florian Knights. And it's all about really it's about um, these uh, fire departments around North America, like Vancouver, New York, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And and they like, you know, deal with extreme shit as a firefighter, um, obviously. And so um, the, a way they deal with their PTSD is riding motorcycles. And they've kind of like formed like biker clubs called Florian Knights or whatever. And this okay. is how they kind of are able to just like relax, not think about work. And then sometimes they can like open up and talk about their trauma. But I didn't realize how many bikers would be at this fucking premiere because it was like i don't know if you've been to a documentary premiere but it's like the subject matter shows up and it wasn't like and i was texting one of my friends about this at the premiere the I'm subject like, matter shows up yeah and okay. i was texting my friend and i'm like dude this is like like there's like bikers here and he's like yeah but like they're firefighters so you need to relax and i'm like no like, I don't know if all the bikers here are firefighters and they kind of like are doing that thing where like gangs will kind of like clump up yeah. and like they'll give you like side eye and like look at you weird. It's like if you've ever been to like a biker owned bar and you go to the bathroom and you're like, oh, I don't feel safe. Yeah. It's yeah. like it was like that a bit. And like there were some people who was like. I'm not saying if there's organized crime involved, but there were some people with like some big money in there. And I was yeah. like, holy shit. And there was like, there was one guy and he showed up and he had like big money and he showed up with his family. And then he was like dapping up all these people. And his wife stands behind me in line and she starts talking to me. And I'm like, you need to get the fuck away from me. I don't want to be seen talking to you. Yeah, for real, <laughs> like, dude. I am not getting mixed up in this. And so when and like um like it said showtime or it just said seven o'clock, didn't say showtime or anything. And I had lined up at like six forty. I got in at like six fifty. Um, and then the movie didn't start until like six forty five. And it was at the Hollywood Theater. I don't know. Have you been there in kits? The Hollywood Theater? Yeah. Yeah, of course. I've never been. So I was all confused. I walked up and it's kind of like a concession stand. Mm -hmm. And I was stoned because I'm seeing a movie. And yeah. I was like, yo, can I just get a bottle of water? 
And they're like, huh? And I'm like, a ball of water. They're like, this is like the delivery service. You got to go to the bar. And I was like, oh, okay. So I go inside and I didn't realize it's like two big bars and then like an auditorium in front. Yeah. And then I was like, can I just have a water bottle? And they're like, uh, here's a cup of water, you fucking nerd. And then, <laughs> um, and this is, I've seen a couple movies since the pandemic. This is the first movie where the mask stayed on. I kept that shits on the entire time. I sat in the very back corner and the, the audience, it was like sprinkled like Vancouver film critics or whatever, like nerds. And then it was just like big groups of bikers. <laughs> in the middle like and they're all sitting together and they're like little gangs and they're dress whatever vests and stuff and at one point um pan goes up my buddy and he's like introducing the film and he's like oh and by like bc regulations yeah you gotta wear your mask when you're like walking up and down the aisle and people are like boo and i'm like whoa (laughs) mask staying on yeah yeah keep those keep that bitch on bro yeah Overall, very good film. Um, hope to see it get distributed. Dude, you know, funnily enough, now that we're talking about movies and bikers and stuff, when my dad was directing uh, his first movie, he uh, he there's a there's a topless female boxing subplot in the film, and it Whoa. takes place. Yeah, it takes place in like a bar, like a dive bar, and they're extras. They would hire like real biker gang members. Oh shit! In particular, from this very prominent biker gang mm-hmm. um, that everybody has heard of, and they wear leather jackets, and yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We might talk about them later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and gotcha. my dad, uh, my dad said that it was like a little bit scary, and that yeah, yeah it was like one of the only times he filmed from the monitor because he huh. was like a little bit intimidated by the whole situation understandably so yeah dude it's yeah it's kind of i don't want to get too much into it because like again i was talking about like this podcast gonna get me fucking canceled but i also don't want this podcast to get me murdered yeah (laughs) (laughs) did i ever tell you about the time i got locked in a freezer by the hell's angels no what tell me about this please (laughs) was this at the imperial no so when i was like 12 or 13 uh not by the hell's angels by some other organization probably um yeah um when i was 12 or 13 i uh stole a bag of chips from a very well-known grocery store and i got caught and what do you mean like very well known like safeway or just like a gangster one yeah okay second one this is like 20 years, 10 years ago or whatever, 15 years ago. And I, uh, I got caught and they pulled me into this room and they were like, they're not the ones part of the gang, but they were telling me we're owned by this gang and blah, 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 blah. Like what the fuck were you thinking? Da, da, da. Yeah. And then they threw me in a freezer and locked me in there for an hour. Whoa. Yeah. And then let me out and said I was banned and I got, Yeah. And I remember being in that freezer being like, yo, is this it? Yeah. 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 And my friend, uh, God rest his soul, my friend Skylon was there as well. And it was like fucking scary, dude. And really cold. Yeah. You yeah. legit thought you were going to die. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. 
Yeah, which was just a far cry from our experience getting caught stealing from HMV, which was like we got caught stealing CDs from HMV, and we just like charmed the guys there. We were talking about music, and my yeah. mom came to pick us up. My mom is like the most lax person in the entire world. Like we could do whatever we wanted, and I just remember her talking to the guy at HMV and the guy at HMV being like, you know, like make sure your stun isn't like stealing from places. And my mom was like, well, at least they were good albums. We stole, we stole like Pink Floyd the Wall and like a bunch of classic rock that we were Rumors. into at the time. Yeah, like <laughs> shit like that. Yeah. Uh, and the way we would do it is we would just and don't get any ideas, kids. Firstly, nobody buys CDs. Secondly, HMV doesn't exist. But um, <laughs> we would get the CDs and then we would go in the elevator and in the elevator we just unwrap them, pull the CD out, put the CD in our pocket, ditch the fucking case. Okay. Yeah. A little risky scratching the CD. Yeah, definitely risky scratching the CD, but you know, they had the you'd set off the alarm if you tried to leave with the CD, but you could right. leave with the with the CD case, but you could leave with the CD. Yeah. Mm. So there you go. That's a good one. Damn. <laughs> yeah. I never thought yeah. of that one. Yeah, dude. Not that my HMB's ever had an elevator. Oh uh, yeah, it's the one uh it was the one on uh Robson or Berard. whatever. Berard, yeah. yeah dope uh that's some crazy shit man yeah and that freezer that freezer story that's like dude man i just think about like when you're a kid and you're in timeout it could be like five minutes and you're in timeout but it feels like an eternity but dude an hour in a freezer yeah owned by the mob that's fucked over a bag of chips and you know how we used to do the bag of chips because we used to steal from there all the time right Mm mm-hmm is one of us would get the bag of chips and just like football throw it over the sensors to the other guy and that uh, guy would grab it and just walk away with it. Nice. walk out of the building so i'm sure they saw us do it before they were like on to us when we came into the store because they, they they grabbed us pretty quick oh yeah I got yeah. You. yeah 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 damn yeah that's what happens when you grow up super poor you just end up like Man, I'm stoned and I need munchies. And like, your only option is to steal them because <laughs> you have no money and your parents won't give you money. <laughs> yeah, say no to drugs, kids. Yeah, dude, I was like fucking Aladdin, bro, stealing <laughs> apples and shit. What? Saving them for yourself, not giving them to like poor stoner kids. No, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, speaking of HA. I did have a idea for fashion in the future. Yeah. And I think this is a really risky thing. And <laughs> I think it could happen. I think it this I think there's a strong possibility of this happening in the next two years, honestly. So okay. my idea is okay, so there's been a trend going on for the past 20 years where people are repping shit that they don't really know. It started yeah. with like ball hats, like everybody wears a Yankees hat nobody can name three yankees players or whatever um and then it started happening with like music people wearing like bands music bands just Mm -hmm. for the fuck of it um without knowing the bands or anything and there used to be like a thing like probably in the 80s where it's like you had to know this shit to do it but now that's kind of gone out the window and when i was a kid it was thrasher merch and thrasher is like thrasher magazine like the skateboarding magazine mm. it was like you had to have been a skateboarder to wear thrasher like i were i didn't skateboard 
at all as a kid, maybe like a couple times. But I wore like DC. I wore all those clothes because they were cool. But I never touched Thrasher because that was kind of where the line was drawn. But now that's gone away and Thrasher's mainstream. Yeah. So what I'm saying, next big thing is people are going to wear Hell's Angels vests. And like merch. Yes. And it's going to be full patch. It's, there's going to be full disrespect to the club. And I, I think it's going to be either like at, you know, the Met, you know, like the Metropolitan Ball in New York. Like that would be fucking insane if somebody debuted that. Or like a Kardashian, like a Kylie Jenner wearing yeah. full HA. I think it could actually happen. And I cannot wait to see the response of a Kardashian wearing fucking like not becoming a prospect and just jumping full patch. I think it's a genius idea, firstly. Secondly, it could literally open up profits for certain gangs that nobody would ever nobody would ever even imagine the amount of profits you could make off of the merch, right? Are you Second, saying are you saying in like <coughs> six or seven years HM's <laughs> gonna have a line of Crips and Bloods clothing? I think that probably already exists. Right? <laughs> but the 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 only thing that I can see wrong with it is oh. that uh like they consider that and it, it 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 happens already right like this happens already it's like stolen valor oh for sure like if you walk around with a hell's angels patch and you're not hell's angels like you'll get you're fucked get, up get your fingers uh, uh cut off but like if you wear a thrasher thing and you're not a skateboarder they'll just be like do it do a kickflip right like that the the you know you're gonna get hurt potentially so mm -hmm. i don't know but that would be dope if hell's angels x h&m hell's <laughs> angels x the gap yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kanye west is doing all of hell's angels merch yeah oh man <laughs> yo have you have you it's not the first time an artist has collabed with them have you seen the documentary gimme shelter no oh yeah uh about the rolling stone concert yeah yeah i have yeah okay for those of you that don't know um it's on criterion there's a, a documentary where uh the rolling stones actually had the hell's angels do um security for them at a, this show that went nuts and it was that it was some like speed raceway in california and like somebody got stabbed and murdered and it's on film too yeah like, some crazy shit went down it was hard as fuck yeah it's a fucking dope ass documentary it came out a while ago because i saw it when i oh, was yeah. a kid yeah um yeah it's a dope ass documentary and it's like really it really shows like <laughs> how things can get messy with crowds very easily <laughs> mob mentality yeah and, saying, it, man? and it's this great like biker versus hippie sort of showdown which is yeah. kind of a good idea for a movie in general like a biker versus hippies movie kind of like maybe in the same vein as like the warriors or some shit like that mm -hmm. you know what i mean because those two people are like at odds and they both kind of came to prominence at the same time like easy rider and like the hippie film revolution kind of all like became phenomenons at the same time and of course, Easy Rider kind of combined those two ideas in some ways, but yeah. um, that that was actually a fucking good idea for a movie, man. Maybe yeah. we should think, fucking edit this out and think about that as our next concept. It's well, actually I got some other idea. ideas. Yeah, me too. But, 
crazy thing about Easy Rider is they're smoking so much weed. I saw a documentary about this. They're smoking yeah. so much weed on set that when think, the really? editor, yeah, when the <laughs> editor um, got the footage, he had to get ripped and then be like, "Oh, I understand." <laughs> he had to get high himself. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He's like, "Oh, I get it." <laughs> he was like, "None of this footage makes sense. Let me take a puff of this giant smoke." And he's just like, "Oh, I totally got Easy Rider, bro. Oh, the landscape's a character too, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just about riding your bike. It's about fucking finding yourself." <laughs> That's fucking awesome, dude. That is fucking awesome man yeah no that's fucking that shit is so interesting biker gangs and stuff yeah right so interesting um switching subjects a little bit um i see a note here from our notes and you said i and i literally don't know what this means so i just want you to explain it to me wts sent limp biscuit a congratulatory letter first of all you can't read it's wtc which means okay so this is a this is quite Sorry. a pivot. Um, so firstly, for the audience, you firstly, you can't read. Good point. I'll stop right there. <laughs> um, firstly, for the audience, we are recording this on um, September 11th, 2021, the 20th yes. anniversary of 9/11. Yes. But in, in a 19-year anniversary of me losing my credit card, which was horrible. You had a credit card when you were a child. Yeah, I actually stole that joke from uh, a documentary that I saw. I'm sorry. Please continue. <laughs> okay, I'm muting Bo. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Please. <laughs> so um, I saw this on TikTok, and it kind of goes on with our journey into Limp Biscuit fandom that I've been taking um, and has been documented on this podcast and to my attention to other podcasts. But anyways, um, I got TikTok and it said that on September 10th, 2001, Limp Biscuit received a letter from the World Trade Center in New York congratulating them on winning Best Rock Video at the VMAs for the video of Roland. And if you don't remember on the Roland video, Limp Biscuit, you can look this up. It is set, or a piece of it is set on top of the South Tower of the World Trade Center. And it's actually a fucking like sick video. It's actually really well done. So I don't remember that at all. So this is like worlds colliding. Our favorite day of the year mixed with our favorite favorite day of the year. (laughs) (laughs) It's only my favorite day of the year because it's the only day I remember so clearly. Oh, yeah. We can talk about. Uh where we were in a minute but here's the video see that's them on top of the tower there all that night shit i wonder what he was saying there but anyways that was shot on top of world trade center that's pretty sick Mm -hmm. they were the last person on the world trade center possibly or the ringers if only they had timed their attacks they could have died in infamy (laughs) that would have been tragic yeah the headlines would have been like five thousand people lost and greatest band died (laughs) (laughs) 
it's usually the bands are in the plane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Rap rock legends. Um, but yeah, dude, where were you 20 years ago? What were you up to? Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember I got sent home early from school. I'm pretty oh, sure. Lucky. And yeah, right. And I just remember coming home and my mom was like, my mom was not a TV watcher at the time. She watches more TV now that she's old as fuck. And she was, uh, she was like glued to the TV and crying. And I remember like not really fully understanding what, what had happened, but understanding that my mom was sad. And that's what was like most heartbreaking for me was that my mom was sad. Yeah. Um, but later on in life, I think I became more interested in 9-11 um like one of my favorite things to watch on youtube is howard stern's episode that's happening while 9-11 is going down that one's nuts it's so fucking fascinating also you gotta give credit to howard stern for having fucking balls of steel man everybody's like should we go and he's like fuck that we're staying on air for the people like who cares if they, if they get us like all this shit it's so fucking dope you gotta yeah. give it up to him what about you man um, I had just started a new school. I was going to grade four. Um, and I woke up and my mom was in a panic, like in a tizzy. And she was like, there was a terrorist attack in New York city. And I thought I never heard the word terrorist before. So I thought she meant tourists. And I'm like, there's a tourist attack every day in New York. Who gives a shit? <laughs> and then I saw the TV and I was like, Oh, holy shit. And then, first of all, I had never noticed the World Trade Center before, which uh, it's just like all this guilt piled onto me later. Yeah. I'm like, I had never seen this, like, never really paid attention to this building before. Yeah. And then I don't remember exactly how it worked out because it was one of those where my mom's like, come look at the TV, like, see what's happening right now. And it was either the second tower got struck or the first building fell, like one of yeah. those. And it was, she was like, ah, don't look at the TV. And it was just like, I don't know what to fucking do today. And so we just went to school and our teacher kind of tried to explain to us. But where I lived was like this big suburb that was just built in Vancouver Island, but it was a big valley. So you could see across this valley was this huge suburb. And I remember a plane flying over the valley and everybody just stopped and like looked at that plane. Be like, oh, is this going to fucking smash into the school? Obviously didn't, but yeah. Yeah. Fuck, man. Yeah. I remember being more aware of certain things after that moment for sure. Like I remember being in school and there was a very light earthquake, but it shook our like old ass little elementary school. Mm -hmm. And I remember being, being like, like, is it happening to us? I mean, that time was crazy. Right. Because like we were kids when basically the West lost its innocence in a way, mm -hmm. like, a lot of things happened back to back, like Columbine, 9-11, like all this shit kind of happened in a very short time frame. Yeah. And it like changed the direction of America for it turn it for potentially ever. Yeah. Um, and in between a, in between is Y2K, and that was just like a total fight fake out. Yeah, Y2K was a fake out. Um, but uh yeah, although Y2K did give us office space, which was a great movie. <laughs> um so, yeah, I just remember a lot of shit changing after that day. Like, you know, I mean, probably subconsciously, but feeling less safe, like going on a plane became immediately different. Like oh, yeah. going on a plane back in the day used to just be as simple as walking onto a plane. Yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> or like a city bus. Yeah, no, really. Like it was basically like taking the fucking bus. Like mm-hmm. you just basically bought a ticket and you fucking walked on the plane. Um, it is funny how like for like 10 years after 9-11, but 10 years after 9-11 happened, I don't know if you remember this, but like they kept trying to make movies about 9-11. Like oh, Oliver yeah. Stone made one, like and the that big- Nicolas Cage one. Yeah, and like the big conversation was like, is it too soon to make a movie out of 9-11? And it's hilarious because now it's 20 years later and 9-11 is like just a day for people to make 9-11 jokes on Twitter. Like that's (laughs) literally, I woke up, checked Twitter this morning and it was just like everybody had a 9-11 banger. (laughs) Everybody had a 9-11 joke, which is fucking hilarious. Did you hear about I think I don't know if you knew about this, but like two years ago in Vancouver, somebody yeah. tried to um, set up a 9/11 stand-up show <laughs> at the um, at the bar called Lanaloos. They like promote it. They're like, "Come on down, we're making fun of, we're doing 9/11 jokes." They didn't. Dude, that was not cool of Alistair whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> Alistair, no, 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 Alistair, Alistair was not involved. <laughs> go check out his show, Comedy Pants. Very funny. Yeah, but, Comedy yeah, Pants dude, is good. Everybody was like in the stand-up community was like, "Fuck this shit!" If you go to this show, you're fucking like barred. <laughs> really. Life. Yeah. I feel like that wouldn't happen today. People would be like, yeah, way to fucking take down the right-wing propaganda. Huh. Yeah, we're all going to go there and make fun of America. You know, funnily, speaking of this, I had a funnily. very, funnily, I had a friend in uh, school, not school, sorry, I had a soccer friend. I'm not going to mention names because I actually really like this kid a lot and I respect his family a ton. But his dad was running for some sort of local, <laughs> for some sort of local, uh, this was like 2003, 2004, some sort of local uh, office in Vancouver. And I guess it was like the begin, like the first instance of cancel culture I ever saw. I guess somebody dug up an old article he wrote for like a communist rag. And in the article, <laughs> He said, uh, he said, uh, as the second plane hit the towers, I couldn't help but stand up on my feet and clap. What? Damn. And he got like fucking ruined his career in politics. I don't think he's ever stepped foot back in. That's a rough one. Holy shit, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. And when also, I watch those rockets fly to Afghanistan. Also, the article is written like the day after 9-11. Whoa, what a take. It wasn't like he admitted this in 2011, a decade later. He admitted this like literally the day after 9-11. And he, like, you can't even say that that was a lie, dude. Like, <laughs> he wrote it the day after 9-11. We know this shit is true. Well, you know who did the same thing and got away scot-free? Sorry, I'm sorry, dude. Could you imagine writing after 5,000 people died and you potentially have a great politics? Well, I got a plot twist for you, dude. You know who did that <laughs> yeah, and please. actually had one of the greatest careers in politics ever? Who? Donald Trump. Did you know he did 
dude, Donald Trump, when the towers were falling, he was on the news on the phone and he was like, yeah, a lot of people saying I have the biggest tower now. And I guess they're right. I've got the biggest That's tower. That's true. That is true. <laughs> I've got it. This was a spectacular thing for New York. Now a real tower is, is, is in the place of that tower. I've got the biggest tower now. We've got a gold tower better than silver. <laughs> horrible oh my god let's get let's transition out of this what anyways the thing i really remember you know what was really fucked I, and like kids today won't understand this but on 9 11 there was no escaping it on the news for weeks no. or not 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 just on the news on television if you went to the only channel that didn't have 9 11 coverage was treehouse the t- like fucking channel for babies that mm-hmm. was like, that was your palate cleanser. Was like, Pingu. Yeah, when the family would get around the TV and watch Pingu to keep their mind off of the <laughs> incoming, the potential incoming terrorist attacks. Having a TV dinner. Yeah, exactly. Nobody felt like cooking. Yeah, but I feel it like was it. every channel, every fucking channel was nine eleven coverage. What? Yeah, dude. It was like, man, I wish I could take a break and watch The Simpsons, but you couldn't. It was every fucking channel. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that was the that was the big that was a it was a big news story. It was a big one, dude. <laughs> Anyways, um should, do you have anything else to say about 9 11 Because I'm itching to get out of it. Um it was an inside job. 100 percent Yeah. Um, anyways, I have a music video. I think you've seen this, Bo. It's just, um, I'm pretty sure a Dutch rapper, but oh my god, do we have a star in the making with this? Okay, I'm stuck. You think I'm ugly, I don't care. You think I'm dumb, I don't care. You think I'm scum, I don't care. Bitch, I make my money. Party till I die. There's a YouTube comment that's like, this is the hot girl from rehab that was told she could rap. Yeah. Can I ask one question? Yes, sir. Has a single white woman proved that she can rap in the history of hip hop? Um, I guess Iggy Azalea for no, no. Let me rephrase that question. Has a single white woman proved that she can rap? Are you saying he does not got it? She's a terrible rapper. No, I'm saying like for a minute there was like people were like, oh, Iggy's kind of legit. Um, Crayshawn, maybe Brooke Candy, Brooke Candy. Oh my God, we should just watch a Brooke Candy video. No, I'm sorry, but we need to take the microphones away from the white women. Uh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm being honest, dude. This girl raps hard. For a Dutch woman, it's hard as fuck. No. <laughs> Shut, 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 shut the fuck up. kill me to make me fucking stop. I was already dead again. You can hurt me only God. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> We really do need to take the microphones away from them. 
Stop. I'm being serious, dude. It's, no. it's brutal. Oh, my God. Just stop it. That was the most <laughs> racist shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Bo, did you buy an MST? And what is an MST? Is that a big Yeah, one? I bought a male sex toy. Where'd you get a flashlight? Uh, yeah. Wait, um, <laughs> you want to get into specifics of it? Do you have a, is it, um, it's creepy, dude. It's creepy, man. It's like a is real it creepy vit- for me to ask because you wrote it in the notes. No, 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 no. I'm not saying it's creepy to talk about. It's creepy looking. It's creepy. Like the concept of it is creepy because it's a real silicone vagina. And Who's so modeled after. Oh, man. I don't want to call anybody out. You can say they're a race. But Riley Reed. Um, <laughs> you can say they're a race. <laughs> Riley Reed? Yeah. Oh, let me about- just Google who that is. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. a beta choice. <laughs> uh, she just looked the tightest. Um, so, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's really gross, dude. And also, like, totally necessary as a celebrate person. Situation. Yeah, for my situation, um, it needed to go down, and I've already broken it. So, wait, there you, you, go. Already, you came in it, and it's like time to throw it out. I'm not <laughs> putting this in my dishwasher. <laughs> Pretty much, no. Uh, I think I fucked up because uh, I used uh, coconut oil on my cock, and then it, I read oh. afterwards you're not supposed to, and it like deteriorates the silicone or whatever, and so like literally my third time using it i just like fucking ripped a hole in the side of it so there you go i gotta go back to the store but just let that be out there for people who use male sex toys get lube get water-based lube Mm -hmm. that's what's most important is that it's water-based oh there's one brand and i think it's what the gays prefer and it's like a navy logo or something like that do you know about this one do you know what I'm talking about? But the gays prefer it. Yeah, one time I was with a girl and she's like, "Let's use this. It's what the gay gays prefer." I'm Wait, like, what, right. what was it? It's called like Royal Swiss or something. It is a water-based lubricant, but it's oh, like, okay. I see, it's a it's a lubricant. Okay, but it's like Navy something. Oh yeah, Swiss Navy. Get that. We're sponsored by them now. <laughs> Sponsored by Swift Navy, uh, the lube that won't break your male sex toy. Or and your ass. It's silicone based. Oh, it's silicone based. Yeah. Not water based. Yeah. So that wouldn't work for my situation. Yours has to be water based. Mine, I think it has to be water based. Do you ever run it under hot water before you get in? So it's no. like a almost human being? No, I've just been dumping loads in there and uh, leaving them in there, not cleaning it out. And then when you put it on your dick, it's like yellow splooch. Both barfing. Dude, that literally made me puke. (laughs) That's so fucking gross, Cody. You said talking to you. Yeah, but mine was like broad. It was broad enough that I didn't have the mental image in my head. And then you said yellow splooge, dude. What the fuck, bro? It's like the Reddit cum box. (laughs) Yeah, have you seen the Reddit cum box? We should get it next step. Oh, my God. I love that story. I love (laughs) 
because okay well we can quickly just talk about it but what happened was somebody did a post on reddit where it's like hey what's like the most fucked up thing about you and some guy wrote something it's like i think it was kind of benign and then he's like and then he wrote like a an afterthought he's like oh also i got my cum box and people are like wait hold pause what's a cum box he's like you know that shoe box under your bed that you just jizz into and everybody's like post a picture of this right now i don't know what you're talking about and it's just like a yellow green moldy mess of just like dead fucking babies bo's about to throw up dude i don't like (laughs) it would be so sick if you puked on pod Dude, take your microphone with you to the bathroom, please. <laughs> it's so fucking gross, dude. Both crying. Oh, I'm not crying. You're talking about yellow green combo. <laughs> <laughs> it's all moldy, and there's like a mushroom growing out of it. It's like a fungus baby. Stop, stop, stop. Uh, so anyways, uh, book review time. Um, I read two books recently. Very good. <laughs> Bo looks like a wreck. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. Did you chundy? No, I just came close. All right. Okay, we, got good. F- we got four minutes left. We can get into my book reviews. Yeah, let's do that. So fucking gross, dude. I've never seen you be like, hey, we should do an entire episode about this subject. I'm like, okay, let me just explain what the subject is in two minutes, and then you fucking puke. That's hilarious. So gross, dude. Let's just Um, drop it. Um, so I read two books. Um, Bo knows about these, and he's made fun of me for one of them, but I thought it was a pretty good thing book, and I got it for my birthday. First one is called Wreckage of My Presence by uh carrie wilson who did a stint on snl um i liked it if you're a fan of female comedians i recommend it yeah for the four of you out there (laughs) no four (laughs) million yeah (laughs) uh and then the second book i read and this actually took me fucking years to read it because i it is such a dense fucking um intellectual book it's called shooting up and it's all about the history of drugs and warfare people going going on crank getting cranked up and running into the field just a lot of stories like that since prehistoric times and into now it's very dark but it was uh, i learned a lot but it took me fucking forever weeks it was dense as long did it take Dude, honestly, like maybe three years to finish it because <laughs> I would stop and start it again. And then eventually, like for my work, I was like, I should probably read this shit. It took you three years to read. It took, dude. Well, here's the thing is it was such a thick bitch of a book that yeah. I would like pick up easy books. Like I'd read the Gucci Mane autobiography or whatever. How many pages is it? uh i think like 380 like somewhere around there it's but it's a dude, normal sized book no 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 listen to me man it's the text is very very small and it's like literally like reading okay. like a textbook it's like reading yeah, a textbook yeah. it's like that uh-huh. not a single fucking picture aside from the title page i got you i got you yeah 100 it's 300 page 380 oh. pages 
Um, um, how about <laughs> this? Might be really Canadian. I'm still recovering from all those puking, dude. That shit fucked me up. That was quick, dude. That was uh, quick. I've got a crazy puke. Like if I'm hungover, I puke. If I'm, I puke about everything. It's so gross. Actually, don't know if I've ever heard a podcast where somebody puked just from a story. We're like, hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Joe Rogan's talking about the uh, positives of ivermectin. I'm just like, oh. (laughs) 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 Dude, please. (laughs) um shout out to drake for coming out as lesbian yeah that was dope drake what the hell i'm a lesbian too (laughs) uh yeah that could have been gone better for him let's be honest that was a little weird those albums were both fucked yeah it's so funny everybody was like drake's new album but kanye's new album and they both just kind of suck yep yeah and everybody's trying to convince themselves they're good and it, they're not dude drake's album was especially egregious it was so fucking low effort it was unbelievable it was like yeah. mid 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 just mid track after mid track even scorpion an album that i don't love has like four or five fucking bang, 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 bangers i don't know scorpion which one's that this is the last album oh I think the last song of his I bought was Views, where he's sitting on top of the CN Tower. Yeah. And like three good. songs are like. Okay, I gotta wrap it up. Okay. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Bye. Um, and we love you, Michael K. Williams, and you oh, yeah. in our hearts. Start of the day, Michael K. Williams, man. What a fucking genius. Omar, one of the greatest characters of all time. Yeah, that guy, fuck man. I was really excited to see his where his career was going yeah me lose too. him and chadwick in the same year it's fucked fucked it's fucked okay. Love all you. right folks bye. peace the fuck out bye